What's up, what's up? This is Deborah Rainey, the Compassionate Lawyer. Tune in every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. You got legal questions, I got the answers. For the people, gtomradio.com. Presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution, created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted often signing away our chances because we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding. Quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquered basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language. Breaking it down for us in layman terms, Deb expressing her compassion and will for us to learn, not for a check, but to address how to win in these streets. This show is for you. This show is for me. It's for the people. What's up, what's up everybody? It must be Tuesday night at 8 o'clock because you're listening to For The People Law in Plain Language. And this is Black, your amazing co-host Black the Pro Poet. And we in the building with Deb the Compassionate <laughs> Lawyer all coughing in the mic, but it's I cool. Know, just giving all of us germs <laughs> up in here. It's cool. And tonight uh, we're coming to you all the way from G-Town Radio G- on gtownradio.com. G-Town, the sound from Germantown. And if you want to listen in and join in live, you can hit us up at 215-609-4301 or you can text in at 215-435-4099. What's up, what's up, what's up? She didn't do too bad, did she? Not as good as my intro, but it'll work. You know what? What's up, y'all? Welcome to (laughs) another episode of For the People Law and Playing Language. Sorry about my sounding down. I'm sick as a dog and my producer drug me out of the bed anyway. Joining me in the studio as usual, my fan, Black, I already hit you up. Show. Simply the producer. Hey, producer. Good evening. Meanie. Oh, my Joining God. us are Carolyn Hill, Jerome Hill, who's in the blue room or green room, whatever color she room that it shit is. <laughs> Mary is joining us, uh, um, a former um, DHS social worker, and she has an interesting history to share with us. Good evening. And also a Celine Kamen. From Every Mother is a Working Mother Network and Cross Worlds Women's Center. Hey, Celine. Hi. Good evening. How do you pronounce it? Celine. Celine. As y'all know from all the Facebook um, entries and uh, Twitters and tweets and stuff, tonight's show is called DHS, the Antichrist or the Savior of Our Families. Last week we were supposed to do this show. Unfortunately, we had some 
technical difficulties here in the nonprofit studio. Hence, when we ask you for donations, that's why we really need them. Because this really is a nonprofit radio station. As Black said, you're listening to www.gtownradio.com. This is how you do it. G-Town, no what? Sound from Germantown. It was a nice try, though, Black. You know what? I had it a little bit. You little had bit. it. You did it better than I did when you weren't here that night, and I had to try to do both parts. Oh, God. Oh, I wish I would have heard that. way back. <laughs> so, normally at this time, I tell you what our last week's show was about, but since we didn't have last week's show, go to www.forthepeople.podomatic.com. Check out all of our past shows. Or go to my website, www.deborahradinglaw.com. As Black said, we're going to be um, expecting your phone calls, your tweets, your comments. Hit us up on Facebook. Email us for the people at deborahradinglaw.com. Tweet us um, at FTP Law. Hit the Facebook page for the people law in plain language. Ladies and gentlemen, give us your comments. I want you to think about this. We're going to take a really quick, brief break after this. Your next door neighbor. Single mother, five kids, ages 5, 7, 10, 12. You see the mom coming in all hours of the night, kids being left alone. Sometimes they're out on the porch, no, no shoes on. Even in the dead of winter, they're out on the porch with no shoes on. You see two of the, the two younger kids, sometimes during the day on the weekends, struggling through trash cans, looking for stuff. You see them pulling stuff out of the trash cans and eating them. What do you do? Do you stay silent? What do you do? Think about that. We'll be right back. gentlemen welcome back to for the people law in plain language tonight's show dhs the antichrist or the savior of our families on the other side of the break you got to hear pat um black's intro of the show she did a great job right i think so too thank you black good looking out i try, I try. on the other side of the break i also um posed a scenario to you and i posed the same scenario to my studio audience studio guests in the family and you know they wasn't paying attention, particularly our producer, right? Watch me get her. <laughs> so the scenario went like this, ladies and gentlemen. You live next door to a single mom. You see her coming in and out of her house all, all, all hours of the night. She has four children. Two boys, two girls, five, seven, eight, twelve. I have no idea what ages I said, but they're around about that. You see the two youngest ones coming out. No shoes on sometimes, even in the dead of winter. And you see them searching through garbage cans, particularly on trash day. Early in the morning, 
and you see them pulling things out of the trash can and they're eating the stuff out of the trash can. What do you do? Mary, this is your next door neighbor. What do you do? Wow, that question. Now don't answer it as the former social worker. Answer it as Mary who lives next door to this lady. It's amazing that you just said that because uh, once a social worker, always a social I know worker. that's right. Although I Does that mean once a foster child, always a foster child? Oh, we'll wow. get to that later, y'all. Yeah, we're going to get to that later. <laughs> but um, <coughs> I believe that um, I'm a social worker as one that is called, although I no longer work with the, uh, I actually retired early based on a disability from the Department of Human Services. And uh, since you asked me to answer as a neighbor, a concerned neighbor, First, being a concerned neighbor, I probably would come to the home or speak to the mother (laughs) and try to find out for myself what is the problem. Is someone in the home? Uh, Why are the children are walking around in the streets? Knowing me, I probably would not probably I would try to help. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, Sister Carolyn, what would you do if this was your next door neighbor? Come all the way up to the mic, sister girl. I probably will go and ask questions and, and probably help out too. If, see if they need see if they need help. All right, listen. I know you are a mama. Use that mama voice. <laughs> She's like, what's that? This <laughs> mama's voice. But I will help out with the, with her problem. See what her problem is and mm-hmm. children's and help them out. They need some help. I would definitely help. Sister Black, what's your response to your next door neighbor's plight as I described it? Hmm, what would I do? You know what? I'm calling the police D8. I'm just joking. <laughs> Why joking? <laughs> nah, I ain't going to call nobody, man. I'm going to go over there. I'm finding whoever's in charge of the situation, and we're going to have to talk. Okay. We got to talk because this got to change. And Celine, what would you do? This is your neighbor. What would you do? Has helped her neighbors who, uh, a neighbor who had to go uh, to prison and took care of uh, her children for a while. Uh, that's what I would do too, is I would go in there, see if I could help, uh, see if I could help uh, them get some resources. Um, the uh, the uh, network that I work for, that's what we're working for, is to make sure that families have the resources they need so that they can stay together. And so, yeah, I would go in and help and try to help that mother get some resources so that the kids would have food and shoes. That would be it. I'm speaking now as Deborah, not the compassionate lawyer, but Deb as folk. I would go over to that house, walk into that house, remove all of them children from that house, bring them to my house. I would feed them. I would bathe them. I would call whatever protection agencies are out there and available to provide services to these children because obviously mom is overwhelmed and she can't care for these kids. I know that most of us, our first instinct, particularly those of us that live in um, closely knit communities, the hood, for example, we tend to like to try to help each other out before we get the services involved. In this instance, though, I think it's 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 paramount and imperative that we get the, the resources in place quickly 
producer. Were you I was just going to say, damn, my feelings are hurt. I never know the question anyway, but at least make a sister feel a little included. Ask me. <laughs> what What you do, police? Now, 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 what was the question again? Okay, there she go. <laughs> there she go. There were some kids. They were digging in the trash can next door to my house. Mm-hmm. And, and they lived on my block. They mm-hmm. lived next door to you. Oh, you know what I'm doing. That's what we're asking you, producer. I'm, I'm calling She's DHS. the police. I'm calling. I'm, I'm calling. Not calling DHS. I'm calling the child welfare hotline. That's very basically DHS. interesting. Right. So, yeah. I brought all the, all this on to say to get a dialogue started with respect to DHS. Are they our antichrist or are they our saviors? DHS's mission on their website, and I took this right off of their website. Don't nobody throw nothing at me. The primary role of DHS is to protect children who are alleged to have been abused or neglected and ensure their safety from immediate threats and impending dangers. The Children and Youth Division of DHS provides child and family-oriented services to nearly 20,000 children and their families each year in Philadelphia. These services are strategically designed to ensure the safety, permanency, and overall well-being of the department's clients. All of you out there listening to the show, everybody here in the studio, everybody everywhere has heard good things and bad things about DHS. Can we all agree on that? I grew up in Pittsburgh, a product of the, our, our, our agency in Pittsburgh is called Children and Youth Services. From age 3 to age 17, I was the recipient of those services. So I can speak as both a recipient of the services as a child and now in my capacity as an attorney, seeing some of the horrible um, impacts of DHS and their services that they're offering. So I'm going to ask this question to Mary because I intimated and hinted earlier about um, foster care service, and I directed that at Mary. Mary, why did I direct that foster care service comment at you? Oh, I would love to answer this. Um, Number one is because I was a former foster child. And I was a foster child, I believe, uh, from 7 till 13, going on 14. And I, of, me too, I was a recipient of uh, Child Protective Services. Uh, my siblings and I, uh, we were in dire need at that present time. Uh, my parents, for whatever reasons, uh, could not provide for us. And how did you and your siblings come to be involved with the foster system what happened what triggered it well um just on a i'm just going to be somewhat basis but basic but um obviously department of human services were called and uh, we got to speak right up that was um, one of our listeners calling to say that she can barely hear the folks that are the guests talking so okay so i'm gonna speak up there we go um up and right up on the mic thank you that was that was her mic i just turned it on it was actually off when when she was speaking okay well i want people to hear me i know that's right go ahead go my story go ahead go i hear you now you hear me now okay um i'm gonna have to backtrack dhs were not called actually my mother she could not raise us Mm -hmm. so she uh brought us to uh, one of the provider agencies, I think it was on Juniper State uh, Children's Aid Society at that time, because this was in the 70s. All right, really quickly, tell the listeners what a provider agency is since you uh, are a former. A provider agency is one who's contract by the Department of Human Services to provide a service. And is it fair to say that this provider agency is contracted to do that which DHS is supposed to do? Yes, but I just want to do a disclaimer. I'm not speaking for DHS. I totally I'm get you, girl. I get you. <laughs> 
Y'all, Mary's not speaking for DHS, all right? Check that. Understand that. Yes, this is my personal testimony. If you got a story, you want to offer something, you want to comment, hit us up. 215-609-4301 or hit the text line at 215-435-4099. And I'm going to say that number slower because Miss Q just called my mobile phone to say I can't hear anything miss miss rainy is making sharon q sup girl you abandoned us but we love you 215-609-4301 email for the people at deborahrainylaw.com uh hashtag ftp law for the people law in plain language facebook sorry mary go ahead that's okay but basically uh at that time uh my mother could not provide for us my early recollection of before DHS became involved was frightening. Um, I know you posed a question, Savior or Antichrist, in my instance, although what I experienced in foster care and group homes, et cetera, et cetera, may have not been perfect, but it did save, save my, me and my siblings' lives. Thank you. Uh, we were no longer on the street, well, you know, living in a dysfunctional situation. Well, that's interesting that you had a positive, for overall, for all intents and purposes, the majority of your needs were met when you were in the foster care system. Uh, Is that yeah. a fair statement? That's a fair statement, okay. yes. And I had just the opposite experience in all my years of foster care. But a lot of that dealt with me being an angry kid with a chip on my shoulder and the like. Most but definitely. I will join Mary in saying, but for the social workers that I had initially starting out as a youngster, I don't know where I would have been. So at that point exactly. in my life, as a youngster, I will say CYS in Pittsburgh saved me. Right. For all intents and purposes. And then my juvenile judge saved me by saying, going to the military or go to juvie jail. Having said that, Carolyn Hill is here with us, ladies and gentlemen. And she's here because she is, she has a story that sort of makes you question the Antichrist or the savior of our family. She's here with Celine Kamen, who... I told you in the beginning is from Every Mother's a Working Mother Network and Crossworlds Women's Center. Carolyn's story is not a unique story. It's one that we hear all the time in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, in Philadelphia County alone, every now and then when you go down to Family Court, 1801 Vine Street, you see mothers groups with picketing signs saying, DHS, give us our children back, and signs along those um, along that vein to suggest that DHS stepped in when perhaps they weren't needed or wanted and took children out. Carolyn, tell us um, a really briefly and quick your your um, the beginnings of your journey with DHS involvement in your family. Well, I'm a, my name is Carolyn Hill. I'm a mother of five. But at that time, I was taking care of my two nieces, which was one, one, one and two. And you said at that time, when, you, when was that, three years ago, a year ago? About about three, two years ago. Okay. How did you come to be taking care of your niece and nephew? Um, DHS had put, put them in my home for me to take care of them, and that's what I was doing. How did DHS get involved in their lives? They, um, well, my sister, they took them from my sister, and they was putting in foster home. And then they came to me and asked me would I take care of, you know, be a uh, kinship for my nieces I said yeah it was one at first then by the time the first one came in a second one came along so they put the youngest one in first and the oldest one in second let me let me stop you there and, and please don't be offended by what I'm asking mm-hmm. I'm really being real here because okay. we keep a totally 100 on this show mm-hmm. 
Why did DHS have to get involved? Why didn't y'all, the family, step in and take the kids? Why did DHS have to get involved? Oh, well, my sister was someone like a, a person that didn't want to ask for no help, and you, you, she didn't want you, whatever you asked her question, she lied about it. She never told the truth. She's diagnosed with um, telling lies, and, you know, she could never tell the truth. So that's how we got involved. We didn't even know nothing about it. She had other kids that was took. These two were saved by me, but now they're back in DHS hand again, and I'm trying to get them back again. Okay. I know you said your sister lied and all those things, but weren't there signs that the kids were in danger? No, not really, because we was helping her. She was bringing the kids to us, you know, we'll keep them on the weekend and stuff like that. But in the process, she got caught up in something, went to court, and they took the kids from her. Okay, she had the kids with her at court? Yeah, they even gave her a house. Wow. Put her in a house and then turned around, went to court, and took the first two kids from her. Wow. How many kids total did your sister have? She's got six kids. Do you know where they are now? I know one is with her. Two is in fo- has been adopted, and one is in a boarding school or either foster home. Wow! And the two I have, that's the ones I'm trying to keep with me in the family. Tell us, you got those kids, and ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, kinship care is an, is a sort of a mechanism created by DHS. And let me say this for y'all, and Mary, Celine, Carolyn, y'all back me up on this. DHS pretty much is an om- omni powerful city agency. When it comes to children, not even judges, for the most part, will second-guess decisions made by DHS. There is a law under which DHS garners its, its legal power, and that's the Child Protective Services Law and the Juvenile Act. DHS has power to interact and get involved in a kid's life, whether that child is deemed to be a delinquent, meaning he or she committed a crime, is now facing a juvenile delinquency judge, or... Somehow the Child Protective Services line has been triggered. We'll talk about that in a minute. And one of DHS's investigators through the Child Welfare Hotline got a tip that a child's in danger. One of the investigators goes out there. They file an emergency petition to the court to get involved in that kid's life. And I'm going to ask Mary, really, really quickly, Mary, explain to the listeners what this child line line is about that I talked about. And, and we can try to make that sort of connection to get people on the line what we're talking about with respect to Carolyn. Uh, you're talking about when someone actually calls the Department the of child line. Okay, again, not answering for DHS. Your experience. Personal experience. <coughs> I did not work in uh, child line. I can give you an overall view. I worked in family service region where I provided, uh, I was case management, um, providing case management services to Yeah, we just families. want an overview of what the child line is. Um, basically, the child line receives the reports and based on their assessment, they go out to the family's home to assess the situation and then go to plan B, whether it's someone in the home that can take care of the kids, um, (laughs) someone that can stand in, whether they need to provide services or whether the child needs to be placed. And as it relates to DHS, ladies and gentlemen, when I say they're omni-powerful, they really are. Under the Child Protective Services, there are certain professions in the state of Pennsylvania who are by law mandatory reporters under Child Protective Services Law. These are individuals like law enforcement officers, teachers, doctors, health care providers, anyone who is in a capacity or professional field dealing with children. You are required by law if you have a reason to believe a child is in danger, and it does not mean just physical danger or danger of physical abuse. We're talking about neglect. We're talking about emotional 
um, abuse, physical abuse. If you're one of those people who's required to report under the law and you don't, you could be held liable yeah. even criminally. On the other hand, though, the law actually protects mandatory reporters to say this. If you report and somehow it ends up that there was no um, injuries and someone's livelihood or reputation is tarnished for some way, you are immune from any civil action so long as you're reporting that as a, as a, as a required reporter under the law. What does that mean? Someone... A police officer sees a kid bruises all over the face. That police officer has to report that abuse under the law. He calls the child line, triggers the things that are supposed to happen. It turns out the parents didn't hurt that kid. The kid fell. The parents can't turn around now and sue that police officer civilly for ruining reputation because he reported the law protects him when he engages in his duty under that statute. Do I think that's a necessary thing? I do, and I agree with it. Because it's better safe than sorry. Right. The reason I asked Carolyn the questions that I asked her, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes the civilian Debbie and me, and not the lawyer, I get so angry when we always, as a community, we reach out to all them outside resources and don't reach out and wrap our hands around one another and try to deal with things within first. Yes, those resources are there, but our biggest problem, when we were slaves, we dealt with things better. We looked out for each other better. And, and through the years and through the generations, we've gotten away from that. And that bothers me a lot. Not to say that I think that DHS impacts it one way or another, but I still think we did a show a couple episodes ago called It Takes a Village. We need to get back to that village mentality. And then maybe we wouldn't be having discussions about DHS being the Antichrist or the Savior because we'd be saving ourselves. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah. Ahead, I wanted to ahead, comment man. on that. Um, before uh, the, the Department of Human Services can um, get involved, and I'm just speaking on experience, not representation of the Department of Human Services. Notice her disclaimer that she's going to say over oh, and over yes. and over again. <laughs> Anybody out there who's a current DHS employee... They can, they don't, they can't understand she's talking about her experiences and what she learned while working there she's not speaking on behalf of DHS right if the community is involved and there are like as you stated the African <laughs> proverbs it takes a village that means the preacher the teacher the neighbor uh, the principal the caretaker the, um, the woman down the street the cousin the uncle if everyone is involved in a child's life, in a family's life, and we're all playing a part, then we don't need any protective services. But because of the breakdown and the dysfunction of the family unit, now <coughs> the department has to step in at times because there is no other eyes that's on the child. There is no one that's stepping in. For those that are stepping in to save a child's life, kudos. But there are too many families <coughs> in which they do not have that caretaker, that support, the community support. When I was coming up, uh, this may be bad, but you got your behind spanked. Mm -hmm. Okay, You didn't just get <laughs> your behind just... spanked. They made you go out on the tree, the pick out the switch, pull off all the little <laughs> leaves and stuff, and stand there and let you beat them. When I turned 10, I got hipped it out. I just ran because my oh, foster parents, a couple of them were old, I just ran away from right. them. But, but then you got to beat worse. <laughs> but my point is, it was people that cared about you, and you respected that. Now it's a breakdown in the community. So who is going to care for the children? Who's watching out for the children? The children are out late at night. The children are parentified. Where are the parents? Where are the fathers? I like that word, parentified. Yes, that means they're parenting themselves. Wow. 
and I do and that don't mean say, emancipated for you yeah. lawyers out there. Listening. I do have to say I agree because I remember growing up, I couldn't do anything in the city of Philadelphia without someone going. I'm Aren't you a nurse? Oh shit! Yeah, clean, clean. Oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I still go places today. They go, "Aren't you a nurse?" I'm exactly. like, "Exactly." I am fifty some years old. Please, out of my face. <laughs> still no looking around to see who they gonna tell. <laughs> right. You in your fifties? Section thirty four ninety point one one is the actual um, child abuse, child protective services law. The statute, if anybody cares. Is section three four nine zero point one one. As I tell you in all my shows, put in your browser Pennsylvania Child Protective Services Act. A person may make a report of suspected child abuse to Childline or a county agency mm-hmm. if the person has reasonable cause to suspect that a child has been abused. Reporters reports, excuse me, shall be accepted by Childline or the county agency, regardless of whether the person identifies himself. A person other than a school employee having reasonable cause to believe that a school employee has committed abuse may also report that abuse. And it's interesting that they put this school employee as a second sort of section of this law. The bottom line here is if you call Childline, you don't even have to give your name. As long as you obviously give them the pertinent information, the name of the child, the location of where you where you suspect that the abuse is ongoing, that's sufficient for them to do the things that they have to do by law. Unfortunately, sometimes, though, and for those of you that didn't know this, when there is a call made to Childline, DHS is the Philadelphia entity that's responsible for sending out investigators. There's one investigator in particular, older older black guy. He's cool, very, very cool. I'm not going to say his name because people probably know who he is, but you know who I'm talking about. He's fabulous. He will go out and actually do a real investigation. I know Mary, you know. Celine, you know. Carolyn, I know you know. Some of the investigators will just accept the call as what it is, call it founded, meaning, yeah, I believe it happened, and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Not go out and investigate, not take one statement, not do anything, and that's horrific, right? That's horrible because guess what? There are some baby mamas, baby daddies, family members who use the child line to get back at folk. Oh, sure. I'm going to get you. I know how to get you. Mm-hmm. Hello, child line. Go to this address and do thus and such. Mm-hmm. It burns me up. Because really fast, for those of you that don't know, if you're ever involved in a child line investigation to determine whether a child has been abused and DHS's investigator says it's founded, your name goes into a statewide child abuse registry. What does that mean? If you're applying for a job in a position that's a mandatory reporter under the act, you're not getting that job so long as your name is on that registry. Any of you out there listening, if you ever got a letter in the mail from DHS, we're investigating possible child abuse with you as a named perpetrator. If you didn't get that second letter saying, this is closed, it's over, your name is in that registry. You need to reach out to an attorney right away because trust and believe, if you're in the state registry, you're going to find your way in the national registry. Mary about the bus. Go ahead, Mayor. <laughs> um, from my experience as a former uh, DHS social worker, it's not that simple. People call in all the time. You're right. People can find out uh, they don't, might not like you and call. You can't just... <coughs> You can't just uh, take a child like that. You can't just uh, uh, find the report. You you forget there's supervisors and administrators that have to view that report. Okay? No one is going to, unless someone is just really crazy, is just going to, based on a phone call, just find a report. Uh, You can't do it that way. You have to go out. 
you have to see the child. <coughs> now, let's say someone calls in and they want to get back at you. I don't like you. you you're dating my man type thing. So I'm a call and they go out. If they find something, then that's a horse of a different color because they have to go out on. They have to assess the situation and go out to see if it's child abuse. And I agree with Mary wholeheartedly, but unfortunately, I represented three individuals at the appeals process for the Bureau of Appeals. And what I'm talking about is you get the letter from DHS saying you're a suspected perpetrator of child abuse. Your name is now in the registry because we believe this child abuse claim is founded, meaning it happened. Their legal standard is not like it is in criminal court, beyond a reasonable doubt. It's maybe perhaps there's enough evidence. You have 45 days from the day you get that letter saying it's founded to file an appeal. At the appeal, DHS is supposed to bring in their records and substantiate, if you will, the claims. Three clients I've represented at the Bureau of Appeals, no one shows up ever, and we win automatically. And it boggles my mind because the one time we did do a hearing, the file had two pieces of paper in it, nothing else. The social worker who was the assigned investigator never bothered to show up. The supervisor who was over that assigned social worker who was the investigator never showed up. The poor city solicitor attorney who had to defend this mess in appeals court was stupefied. <laughs> And all she had to go on was hearsay contained within a police report. This was in the context of a criminal case. My client was charged with two counts of sexual abuse of two kids. He had a number of court-appointed lawyers. He was a preacher. Never been arrested before in his life. Had a $100,000 job with Coca-Cola. Lost it. It turns out, ladies and gentlemen, after an eight-day jury trial, the jury found my client not guilty of all charges. He was vindicated. But because he had been waiting for this case to be disposed of in criminal court for four years, two years in jail, two years on house arrest, he never had an opportunity to appeal that finding of child abuse in the registry. So I filed the necessary, please, hibba, 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 all the legal stuff you have to file. And we had an appeal hearing. And at that appeal hearing, DHS workers never showed up, never substantiated what investigation that they did. In fact, in the criminal file, their investigation consisted of one page, the investigative report by the child line investigator, nothing else. No interviews, no nothing. And it blew my mind. Thankfully, this, it, it worked out for this guy. But there are so many young men out there in particular whose names appear on that registry. They have no idea. And when they go get jobs, they get turned down. They don't necessarily have a criminal record. and They have no idea why they're being turned down. So I hear you. I understand the process of what's supposed to happen. It's unfortunate that the cases I'm referring to happened. And I shudder to imagine how many more are out there. I agree with Mary. There is a process, and they're supposed to investigate. And I have had cases where there was an actual investigation. And nine, eight out of ten times when they do investigate, the report comes back unfounded, right? And when they do the unfounded, they do a really, really thorough. <laughs> it, could be that, it could be that some of the social workers that get get laxed after a while and doing the same thing over and over again and they just don't put as much effort into the investigation because i i don't know growing up in an urban community i've seen in many cases where dhs will come and, and remove children from homes that are not like completely broken i mean i've seen much worse i mean maybe all right so the kids eating oodles and noodles every other night they eating 
Yeah, but to no, meet us no. enough. But yeah. see, I don't know that's, that I agree with that. No, I no. Really, so you can't. Place, I don't agree with that. You can't place a child because they're eating oodles and noodles. Right. right, right. Or you can't do right, that. Right. That's that's not that's well, not why you place a child. Let's look at. Uh, Miss Hill's case here. I was going to go right. That's a wonderful segue. We were going to go back to Carolyn. So, Carolyn, we were trying to build up to the DHS as an antichrist. But so far, (laughs) Deb is split down the middle. Deb that grew up as a foster kid says, yes, DHS was the savior of me. Notwithstanding all the horrors that I went through in foster care and all that, I wouldn't be where I am but for the path that I took. Basically, and because of that, right now I'm saying the savior of our families. Hold on, y'all, hold it. The lawyer, though, has seen horrible instances of DHS as the Antichrist, and so I'm split. So, Carolyn, you told us that you took two of your sister's kids because they were taken away from your sister, put in foster care. I asked you why the family didn't get involved in it. You said the sister would lie, bring the kids to you looking good, and trying to. Um, pretty up the picture. She went to court. They took the kids. Then you said you made mention of something called kinship care. Ladies and gentlemen, basically what that is, it's, it's a, a totally DHS creation. And what it is, it allows DHS in their infinite wisdom to keep the kids within kin for all intents and or purposes. Or someone that is kin and they get paid as a foster parent. Right. Or kin and that's parent. the key word right there. Kinship care come with some money. It comes with some money. Let's be real. Let's be straight up. It comes with some money in some manner of legal custody. Starts sometimes, out as temporary. Sometimes. Well, Ray and Renee and no, I that's what kinship it. care is. It's, it's, it's a, a kin <coughs> or someone that acts as a kin that is a paid caretaker for their family. If you opt to take it, we didn't opt to take right. the money. Right, that's we custodial well, care. Well, no, we actually we took in foster kid and we actually had the antichrist social worker. I'll leave her name out of it, but she was Tanya Armstrong because she don't work for DHS no more. Sorry, S O Cal. Very good. Shame on you, and you're the reason DHS is the Antichrist. Because her supervisor was fantabulous. Tanya, wherever you are, did she just call? Pray. Me? Yeah, she did. She came to my house. Pray, and Tanya. To you need to fall I mean, on your knees horrible. and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive she you because bad. I never Antichrist. Will. Antichrist. Wow. You I mean, are the horrible. Antichrist reincarnate. You may have gotten into this for a good reason, but I'm so glad they got rid of you. Yeah, she was bad. And also the audience need to know that there are people who strongly care that are workers that and work every in the organization right. and in every, every organization because i represent one of those i did it from the heart because i was a foster child so i did mine as from a mindset of one that is called to do it um the money had nothing to do it because they don't pay you enough to do that type of work so you can't be in it for the you money aren't sure can. You and know, those of you that are in there the trying heart. to do y'all internship externship that's all well and good, but never lose sight of the fact that these it's are the people. These are human beings, not statistics. Yeah. They're not numbers. No, they're they not. And if there's some social experiment that you're doing, you better go outside, buy some crack, and try it that way because you don't need to take our kids through that. Sorry, y'all. That's I had right. to go on my rant. Go ahead, Mary. She going in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miss Rennie is coughing again. Uh, but, yeah, so... There are her mic down and my mic down. Within any industry, there are folks out there that are the good, the bad, and the, the ugly. The good, the bad, in every industry. And, and sometimes you got the bad and ugly all together. 
Miss Armstrong. Okay, well, can I say something? This is yes. Carolyn speaking. <coughs> I was taking good care of my two nieces. Tell us what happened, Carolyn. I, I mean, every time they came to visit me, they said I was doing a good job. Everything Who's was looking they? good. The social workers, DHS workers, and the, <coughs> the um, uh, what you call it, the um, provider care agency. the agencies. They was all saying how good the kids was looking. Who Even did you have more contact with initially when you had the kids? The provider care social worker or the DHS social the worker or both? Provider care social worker. Okay. And, and, and for Carolyn and for Mary, tell our listeners, is there a distinction between what the provider care social worker does and what the DHS social worker does? Why do I sound like I'm dying? Well, to me, the two, the two workers I had, they seemed like they didn't like, they didn't like me. So what they did, they sabotaged everything for me. They sabotaged my parent capacity. They sabotaged. I'm sorry, my they sabotaged your what? My parent capacity. What does test. that mean? That's a test they take for see if you're able to take care of children. What's involved in that test? Um, see if you um, you can read, write, spell, math. What kind that. of test did they do initially well, on you before they gave you your niece and nephew? They didn't do any tests on me. Okay. They didn't do anything. And and I had my nieces with me for a while. How long? For over a year. And all At of a sudden. Let me ask you this. At the time when your nieces were taken without any explanation, mm-hmm. was it the same did anything change with respect to the social workers you were dealing with? Was there a change at all? Well, I was with Tabor. Tabor lost a license to adopt, so they put me with Lutheran. From there, that's when all it started. Lutheran, Lutheran Children's Services? Service, okay. yeah. That's when all of this started. They wanted a parent capacity test. They wanted my profile. And they said this is some of the paperwork you would have to do in order to adopt in order for me to adopt my niece. So I'm like, okay. So I went and did what they asked me. So in the meantime, they come and snatch the kids at my house after a year and then tell me I need a GED. All right, let me ask you this question. Initially, when your nieces were put with you, it wasn't Lutheran Children's Services. No, it wasn't. It was who? It was Tabor. T-A-B-E-R. Yes. Are they still a provider service for DHS? They still, they still, they just do, um, um, like visitation okay. service. And, and so was there a requirement or a set of um, criteria that you had to meet in order for them to give you your nieces well, with Tabor? With Tabor, they didn't seem like it. Did you have to do any testing, any um, English, classes. parenting? Okay. No, just parenting classes. Okay. And let me ask you this question, and, and don't nobody throw nothing at me, right? This, this is what it seems like to me, Carolyn. And, y'all, I'm going to cheat because I talked to Carolyn and the folks who um, – are interested in her case um, for a while. Renee's looking at me, cutting her ass at me. She'd be all right. It seems like from the onset that Tabor, their initial qualifications did not jive with or were different from Lutheran Children's Services qualifications. In addition, when you had Tabor, they were initially doing the PLC process or permanent legal custody mm-hmm. under kinship care, but then for some reason they no longer do that. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And so when they lost whatever necessary criteria they had to do to provide that, Lutheran stepped in, right? Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you in in the studio, y'all be real and honest, and I'm going to ask y'all out there listening to call in and give us your thoughts, text or whatever. Is it 215-435-4099? Oh, my bad. That's the text line. Y'all can hit us up I'm allowed live. to get it wrong. I'm sick. <laughs> get us live at 215-609-4301. We love to hear from you. We're talking about DHS, the Antichrist, or the savior of our families, 
FAMUs. What's a FAMUs? That's kind of like a family with a U's in it, right? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the world. The sound from Germantown. Before we go on break, I want y'all to think about this. Hold on, we're going to go on break until we get the caller. But think about this, ladies and gentlemen. We know that Tabor initially gave Carolyn her people. Hi, caller, caller. You're in the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Turn your um, radio, turn your computer down for me, please. Because if you listen to yourself on your radio, you're not going to be able to hear me on the phone. I swear to God, we're going to record it, and you're going to be able to hear it later. How you doing? Okay, call a call a call back. Thanks for calling. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, let me hit that. If you're going to call the studio line, you have to turn down the speakers on your computer. I know you all want to hear yourself on the computer. But if you do that and listen for the questions through your computer, there's going to be a lag in your response and my questions. And if the lag is too long, I'm going to think you're crazy and, and give you the hotline to call one of the community reaction centers anyway, or something. That, <laughs> that like any other radio station, there is a delay from the time you call to the time we hear. And your mic is not on. And you'll be able to... <laughs> If you, if you call and you want to hear yourself, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that are first-time listeners, you can always go to For the People at Podomatic.com, For the People com to hear the tape show and or iTunes. my website or you can get it in iTunes. In other words, you can hear yourself. So if you call, please turn down the volume on your computer. Talk to us through your telephone, not through your computer. All right? So far, Carolyn's told us she took care of her two nieces. She initially got services through DHS and their service provider agency, Tabor. For some reason, Tabor stopped being a service provider. Lutheran Children's Services stepped in. Presumably, Carolyn and um, Celine, Lutheran Social Services standards were a little bit different than Tabor, so they started telling you you had to do certain things in order to qualify to be a provider under them. Is that right? Yes. See, I don't see a problem with that. When I was doing what they was asking me. Okay, what they asked you to do that that Tabor didn't? First of all, they didn't really ask me anything until the um they uh by the time they was ready to take it seemed like they started on me asking me questions about certain things. Okay, well Miss Hill, what grade you want? Okay, all that there. Okay, so she said, Well Miss Hill, you're gonna have to um get a GED. Huff. I said a GED. She said, Yeah. So I said, Well I'll go get a GED just so I can keep my nieces. I will do that. Okay. Okay, so one said they would find me a place to get to go to school for. The other, they played games with me. That's why I say they didn't like me. The other one gonna tell me, no, this one gonna set it up for you. I can't do it. She don't know nothing about. It. In the meantime, they played games with me. Did any of the qualifications or the things that they asked you to do was there any manner of a written contract, written requirements anywhere that they gave you to say these are the things you have to satisfy to be a Lutheran Children's Services family or home? No, I have completed everything they asked for up until uh, uh, February. Well, well, how do you know what? I, I, I think you answered my question. You said that you completed everything they asked for. Did they ask you those things in writing or verbally? We got to call a caller. Hold that thought, Carolyn. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people law and playing language. Who this? Who this? Uh, <laughs> that's the Antichrist. <laughs> that's the DH. Caller, caller, you on the air? Are you there, caller? Hello. Please turn down the volume on your listening device. <laughs> 
Please fasten your seatbelt. Please fasten your seatbelt because we about to take off. So, Carolyn, back to Carolyn. If that was you, Miss Armstrong, how are you? What's up? So, Carolyn, look, Lutheran made you do certain things, but go ahead. Tabor had all the paperwork. Everything that I was complete. By the time they turned it to Lutheran, I guess Lutheran must have wanted me to do other things because they just took a parent a profile. They came out with a, the profile. I sat down and did a profile. With. Okay. When you say that, you did a profile, did you talk to a psychiatrist I, or somebody? No, I talked to one of their workers. Okay. Speak in the mic for I me. I talked to one of their workers. Okay. Whatever. Caller, do me a big favor, please. Before we answer, you have to respond and turn down your volume. Because if you don't, I'm going to go antichrist on you. <laughs> caller, caller, thanks for calling for the people, law and plain language. This is Deb Randy, your host. What's up? Who this? Hello. Caller, caller, are you there? Hi, I can barely hear you. Can you speak up a little bit for me? Hello. Hi, how are you? What's your name? Hello. Hi, this is Deb Randy for the people, law and plain language. How are you? Can you hear me? Listen into your phone. Put the phone to your ear. Don't try to listen to your radio or your computer. That's probably why you can't hear me, dear. All right. Call a caller. We're going to get it together. Um, I'm going to ask the producer to take a brief little break so everybody can get themselves together. And it sounds like we got another caller trying to come through. How do we flip over? Call a caller. You're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Law and plain language. Who this? All right, turn your computer down, turn the speakers down, and talk to me through your phone. There you go. How you doing? Are you there, caller? Okay, I'm just going to pretend you're talking to me. We're going to take a break, and we're going to get the caller all fixed up. All right. You got a text message, black Mother Black out there. Mama Black, what you got Mama, for Mama us? Mama Black out there. And is all right, caller, caller, if you're going to answer, if you're going to call, please don't be skirt. Answer when we... When we um, don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling for the people, law and plain language. This is Dad Brandy, the compassionate lawyer, your host. Who this? Okay, I ain't got no more funny responses. Please say something. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Whoever you are, caller, hit us up on the text line, 215-435-4099. Email for the people at deborahlaw.com. FTP Law on Twitter or Law and Plain Language Face. Oh my lord. Strike We're just that. Just gonna take a break. We, we gonna For the people, Law and Plain Language on Facebook. We'll be right back with Carolyn's um, compelling story and some more DHS, the Antichrist, or the Savior of our family. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey Hop, you ain't you ain't have no uh you ain't had no motherfucking seat on your on your bicycle. Now you uh head of black music. That's what I'm talking about right there, homie. G, what up, G? Yes, sir. Hey body, bro. Hey guru. I know you small, man. I be taking them shits in one take. You don't have to punch nigga shit. Snigger, you gonna be tight. OG Wong, what up? I'm a little upset that you wasn't involved in this whole process, but it's all good. What's up, Dash? My whole family, my nephew, cousin Angie, what's up? TT. Mom, you made the album. How crazy is that? Wabala, rest in peace. My pops, rest in peace. What's up, AJ? Biggie Smalls, rest in peace. Nigga, I, I'm about to go golfing, man. Hey, I might even have me a cappuccino. Fuck it. I'm going somewhere nice with no mosquitoes at, nigga. Holla at me. It's your boy. I'm just trying to stay above water, you know? Just stay busy, stay working. I was talking like the key to this joint, the key to stay on top of things and treat everything like it's your first project, you know what I'm saying? Like it's your first day, like I wasn't even an intern. Like, that's how you try to treat things, like, just stay hungry. Y'all wanna know why you don't stop? Y'all wanna know why you don't flop? Let me tell you, beep, beep, bro, why I came from the bottom of the block? I, when I was born, it was wrong. I was never gonna be shit. Had to prove the opposite. I was bitch, had to get my pride. I had on eyes on the pride, Sean knew I had to. Had to get these chips, had to make moves like Elijah Wong Started out selling dimes and nicks Graduated to a brick, no exaggeration My infatuation with a strip Legendary like a schoolboy Crush a million in the every, every chick Every shit, that's how schoolboy got whipped And got left on some chest Me, myself, and I on some true boy shit Had to voice to a place up To a place of no return Had to play with fire and get burned Only way the boy ever gonna learn Had to lay way in the cut Till I finally got my turn Now I'm on top in the spot that I earned It's my life it's my pain and my struggle, the song that I sing to you is my everything. Treat my first like my last, and my last like my first, and my birth is the same as when I came. It's my joy and my tears, and the laughter it brings to me is my everything. Like I never rode in a limo, like I just dropped flows to a demo, like it's 92 again, and, and I got O's in a rental. Back in the stool again, no problem, it was a whole lot simple when you think back, you thought that you would never make it this far, then you. Take advantage of the luck you handed, but it's talent you've been given. Ain't no half slipping, ain't no no slipping. Ain't no different from a block of skating. Gotta get it while the kitten's good. Gotta strike while the iron's hot. When you stop, then you gotta fit it. Good riddance, goodbye. This is my second major breakup. My first was with a page up, with a hoopty, a cook pot, and a game. This one's with the stew, with the stage, with the fortune. Maybe not the fortune, but certainly not life. My pain and my struggle, the song that I sing to you is my everything. Treat my first like my last, and my last like my first, and my first is the same as when I get It's my joy and my tears, and my laughter it brings to me, it's my everything. Treat my first like my last, and my last like my first, and my first like the first song I sing.
Robbing the bank. Niggas thought we was crazy, man. Remember, uh, you had that fucked up ass hand right? Writing all the numbers that we was spending now for the videos we was doing ourselves. And shit. What up? Rich and flavor now. Your counting was crazy wrong and shit. Welcome back to For the People Law and Playing Language. It's me, your host, Dab Randy, the compassionate lawyer. With me in the studio, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poets. What's up, yeah. fam? What's going on? Simply the producer. Well, that's bad. Mary, former Hello. DHS support <laughs> agency provider. Fabulous. Now she has her own production company. She's going to let you know about it before we go off the air. For sure. We have Carolyn Harrell here, a family member who is, in her estimation, her situation, a recipient of the Antichrist of DHS. We have Celine... Cayman from Every Mother is a Working Mother Network and Crossworlds Women's Center. We're talking about DHS, the Antichrist or Savior of Our Families. On the phone, we have Ryan Palmer from Georgia, Atlanta. And Ryan has a question. Ryan, you there, buddy? Hi, Ryan. Thanks for calling for the people law and plain language. How are you? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me, Ryan? Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Oh. All right, y'all got it. Ryan, how are you? And I hear, and I hear click. Okay, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, I don't know. If you can hear me, say what's up. Huh? If you can hear me, say hello, hello times four. I'm gonna be able to talk this time though. Okay, Ryan, we can hear you, darling. I gotta walk back into work. Ryan, if Ryan, we'll call you back. All right, because clearly you can't hear us. If you're if you're trying to listen to us through the speaker, turn down your speakers right, and talk to me on the phone. All right, number C. All right, let me call back. All right, peace. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan called at the break. He had a question respecting adopting a child. He lives in Atlanta. The child's in another state. He wanted to adopt a child. Hopefully, this is Ryan calling back. Thanks for calling for the people. Lauren playing language. It's me, Deb Randy, your host. Who this? Hello? Guys, you have to respond. Turn down your computer. Listen to me. Put the phone to your ear like you're making a regular old phone call. Listen, we ain't going out like this. All right, we ain't going to go out like this. Carolyn, on the other side of break, we were talking about Carolyn, and she was telling us the problem she was having with Tabor, who um, no longer provided the services for her, and Lutheran Children's Services stepped in. And Carolyn said that Lutheran's um, requirements for her to maintain um, custody and a relationship with her nieces amounted to a lot of hoops and game playing. What were you saying to us, Carolyn? Yes, it seemed like they played games with me. At, at, at one time, I needed Social Security and a birth certificate yeah, for me to get them on my house. You know, the problem is I've been calling in, but people, they don't, can't hear if she says something. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it's on our end or their end, but we can hear you fine. Can you I hear know, me? But when, when she then picks up the phone and asks questions, then people can't hear. There's like something wrong at that end. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to ask the callers who can't get in, if you can go to our Facebook page, For the People, Law and Playing Language, put your comment or question there, or text us, 215-435-4099, and we can get your question on the air that way. And if you're trying to call, one of the issues is you can't listen to yourself through your, your computer speakers. You have to turn that volume down, put the telephone to your ear, and have a regular telephone conversation with us. Thank you for calling, caller. 
Yes, ma'am. Can you, you still hear there? me now? Yes, ma'am. I, I can. can. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can I can hear. I can hear you. Uh, if I should, I go ahead and speak. Yes, if you have her question, go ahead. But but, but please yeah, turn I down mean, the broadcast I, in the I, background. Uh, I really uh, think what Carolyn Hill is saying is really important because that's really what's happening in almost all the cases. They are making big judge. DHS is making judgments. Um, there's a bias. There's race in the system, and in a third of the cases. People would, the kids would be home tomorrow if their parents just had decent housing. So it's a lot of the thing. It's not that many cases where that they take because there's abuse and neglect. They are confusing poverty and neglect. And Philadelphia takes kids at the highest rate of any state, of any city of its size in the country. It's just rampant. And there, you know, and, and you have a place like Carolyn, somebody like Carolyn, she has a village behind her. I know the case. She's got her pastor. She's got the neighbor. She's got the family. She's got all of the family backing her up. And, and so there is a village. And DHS is ignoring that village. And that's what's happening in, in a lot of cases. And, and to take a child out of a home, those kids have been with Carolyn for a year. And right. to take them home because she doesn't have a GED, that's who they knew as their mother. Imagine you. being separated from your, what you know and, and love. And, uh, and that's what, and that's where the, the trauma comes in for these kids. They're taken from everything they know. They put in a thing, and their, their chances of being abused is one in three when they get into foster care. So it's a terrible situation. Well, and I, and I appreciate your comments. I'm not, I'm 50 50 for you. I hear what you're saying, but I think that we need to consider in certain instances the motivations behind what they do. I agree with you. DHS does oftentimes abuse its power. However, in those instances where DHS didn't have to be involved to begin with, that's where I think we have to start. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you Thank so you. much. Carolyn, um, really, really fast. You had your nieces. Where are they at now? Who has your nieces now? Well, they placed them in my cousin's house. All right. A distant relative. They have a family group decision maker, and they were supposed to be there for temporarily. So they got all my paperwork together, which down and got everything clear. And now they seem like they don't want to give them back to me. Carla, Carla, you're in the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Law and Plain Language is Deb Brady, your host. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Deb Rainey, the host for the people, Law and Playing Language. Who are you? Yes, hello. How are you? It, listen, if you can hear me, turn down the speaker on whatever system you're listening to. My speakers you can are hear. completely down. Okay, good. Can you hear me now better in your telephone? Hello? I can't hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. What's your question? Just act like you can hear us. Go ahead. What's your question or comment? Caller? Caller, what's your question or comment? All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you call in and you have trouble getting through, please continue to call. We were talking to Carolyn Hill. I have an outgoing call from folks who are texting me, asking me. All right, what's the number? We're going to make an outgoing call to who? 610? No, second one. Three eight four two. Your writing is atrocious. My, my she writes like a DHS fine. social worker. Just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want y'all to know, Mama Black said we all are fired. 
Hello? Hi, this is Dad Brady, the host of For the People, Law and Playing Language. Who are you? You called in. We're calling you. We're calling you, you back. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you clear, too. But listening to that lady, I was just listening to her on the radio. It's like every other syllable was coming out. I just wanted to make sure. Sister Q, what's going I on with you? Down, so I can't tell if you can hear me or not. What's going on, Sister Q? Oh, everything is good. Everything is good. I know you got a comment. Um, I just had a couple things to say or questions. One was, um, you asked the question earlier about what would you do if you seen someone. And I just wanted people to know that if you do, you should do something about it. What I didn't know at that particular time, I did see a young boy, um, right a boy in Lehigh, digging in the trash can looking for food. And my instinct was to take him into the Sunoco and buy him a hot dog and a soda instead of not wow. taking it further. I, I wasn't thinking. And that bothers me to this day. Like, whatever happened to him, like, what happened? The other part was that we have, and I don't want to mention names, uh, my daughter's friend's um, <laughs> daughter is in the system now. And the mother is incarcerated. Wow. And... She's been trying to get her daughter. But because she's in a different state, we needed some information as to how and can she go about getting that child. Well, Sister Q, as usual, I appreciate your comments and your thoughts. And I'm going to address really quickly from a legal standpoint. I'm going to address really quickly from a legal standpoint um, Sharon Q's last question. Briefly, y'all, Sharon was up here in, in Philly with us. She was our photographer. And we went to Taper's Beauty Salon, Barbershop, Barbara Salon, did one of our videos for um, Ask the Lawyer, and she was our um, photographer. The question as it relates to the comment was that their family friend wants to get a child who's, who's in another state whose mother is incarcerated, and they don't know how to um, come about or get involved in and have access to and be considered a source for that child. What I would suggest that you do the first thing that you do You need to reach out to an attorney who specializes in what we call dependency work or juvenile work. That attorney, at the very least, is going to be able to give you some information and ideas of of what your rights are. Every child protective services law in one state is accepted and enforced by all 50 states. They're supposed to be. They're enforced a little bit differently. Their DHSs and CYSs are different, but for the most part, their mission is all the same. So for your friend Sharon, I would suggest that she reaches out to a a lawyer who specializes in dependency slash juvenile work in the state that the child lives as well as in the state where she lives. So I would... And even if she reaches out to a nonprofit group like a community legal services or a legal aid or someone like that who can give her some guidance on what to do. Mary, is there a, when you worked for DHS, was there an interstate um, unit at DHS that helped facilitate sort of interstate transfers of interstate kids? Interstate compacts, yes. But just in layman's terms, what she can do, I think you just touched on it, is contact the uh, Department of Human Services or Children and Youth Division in the state that the child is in. 
Um, she can do that via letter. She can call. Uh, she can talk to a social worker there and explain who she is and the child that she's trying to locate and state her interest in wanting to be the caretaker or the kinship caretaker for the child. And understand, because of privacy laws and because these are minors, that social worker is not going to be forthcoming with privacy information as it relates to that child. They have a requirement to protect that child's privacy, so that social worker may not be forthcoming to you about the particulars as it relates to that child, but the more information that you can give the social worker about you and your interest in that child, the more you can pique that social worker's interest in at least doing some investigations to see if you are a viable um, resource. So Carolyn was saying that, Someone sent a text that said, how can you go about getting someone you know from foster care in another state? I'm presuming that this means the person who wants the child is in one state and the child's in foster care in another state. As um, Mary said, the first thing you need to do is reach out to in the state where the child's at first. The DHS or CYS, New York, they're called um, ACS, Children and Family Services. Sometimes it's different names, but it's basically the Department of Human Services. Again, in that particular state, uh, she should write a detailed letter, information on how she's related to the child, uh, et cetera, et cetera, what she does, uh, employment, how she can provide for the child. The more information, the better. And spend most of your time honing and describing the relationship you have with that child. You need to sell yourself to DHS, CYF, and Jersey is called DIFIS, DFYS. Sell yourself as a person who could be a caregiver to, oh, so someone that's in Philly, you would contact DHS. What I would do first and foremost. From Philly to Atlanta. I would go onto the internet. Put in the city and state of the area where the child's at. Go to their Department of Human Services website. Find a supervisor's name. They'll give you a directory. Just click on a name for a supervisor. The number will pop up. Call that person. Say who you are. What do you suggest that I do? Or on that website, it might even have the interstate compact unit that you can talk to and reach out to. Most importantly, though, understand, folks, you have to sell yourself to these workers and expect that you might have some resistance and you may have a long road to hold but if you care about these kids don't be, give up carolyn had her kid her nieces for a year dhs took them carolyn has folks behind her fighting to appeal the decision unfortunately for carolyn dhs as i said at the beginning of the show and i'm going to continue to say is omni powerful under the law dhs exists for one reason and one reason only that's to protect our children and when they make a determination that they think they have to do something that's to protect the child most of those judges in philadelphia county and everywhere else who do the dependency work in the other in Philly, we have two family courts. We have one that deals solely with divorce, custody, protection from abuse, child support. We have a second family court that deals strictly with juveniles and their protection. We have something called dependency court. Then we have the juvenile delinquency court, which deals with juveniles when they're charged with um, criminal acts. Dependency is where DHS lives and thrives and survives is in, is, is in charge for all intents and purposes where they file petitions to say your honor we got to call the child line this child's in danger we send an investigator out there we believe the child's in danger this complaint's been filed it found it they file an emergency petition 
for the judge to declare that child dependent. When a judge signs that order, that child, for all intents and purposes, and from now to eternity, is DHS's property. Unfortunately, I don't mean to say it that way, but that's how well, they exactly. deal with and these that's kids. exactly what's happening in Carolyn's case where the whole family, 30 members, signed a petition. You can look on our website, everymothernetwork.net, and see all this information. The commissioner, Anne-Marie Ambrose, has even written a letter saying DHS supports the kids going back, but because of the way this system works and other organizations also that are involved and the power that they have, the Hill family has lost the rights to, as you talked about, be a village and take care of these kids. Um, and while we're talking, these children, they're the ones who are uh, going through the trauma. Let's put all of our cards on the table here, ladies and gentlemen. I was, inv- I was asked to be involved here as a, from a legal standpoint based on what I do and some of the pro bono work that I do. And I was made privy to an appellate brief. For those of you that don't know, really quickly, there was a legal hearing. A decision was made, and even though Carolyn had the kids for a year to begin with, once DHS, through Lutheran Services, deemed that she was no longer what they wanted the kids to be around, could no longer provide for the kids the way Lutheran thought she should, they stepped in, removed the kids, they put them temporarily in another distant relative's family, from what Carolyn was telling us, and by distant, apparently this family member didn't really have a lot of contact with the family. Is that right, Carolyn? And yes. I think what you guys were telling me is that the fam- the, the relative lived in Germantown uh, with a big house. And yeah, so they don't mingle with, you know, they don't have no um, birthday parties, invitals, so family functions, I call let it. Me, let me ask you this question. So what, what, if any, qualifications does Lutheran say that this family member had that you don't have? Well, they got a big house. They got their own business. They got a car. You understand? I guess they got a, uh, money in it, money, and and they have the kids for ten hours a di- day they, in childcare, where Carolyn would have taken. Care yeah, of well, I had them with me all day. I I have to be the the uh, the antichrist here. I know Carolyn's situation. I'm not going to put her out there on blast. I don't see a problem. Moving the kids to a, a family member who has their own business and who doesn't have to rely on DHS for money to support those kids. But the kids is in daycare all day long. They're not dealing with them. But most people I mean, put I their kids them, in daycare with their work. I had them, yeah, but, but, but they've been through trauma. They've been taken from their mother. Now they've been taken from me. I mean, they want somebody they can depend on. Me, I get them 24 hours service. So when you I had them, but when you had them, you didn't have them in daycare but so no, they could start they learning how me, to read. When I right. asked, no, when I asked them because I put them Number in daycare, one, they told me to wait till I adopt them, and then I could do what I want with them. That's how they put it. And, to and me. they did that because DHS didn't want to expend the funds. Let, let's be real here, y'all. Well, can I, I just I'm have a, a question? Go ahead. Before we go there, I, I'm not saying about that they're this, not. I'm not saying that they're not. But I'm saying, let me let me fit okay. this out, and you can say it. I'm saying this. I think that the relationship that Carolyn garnered with these kids is fantastic. It's spectacular, no doubt about it. I cannot be mad, though. I'm sorry. As a person, I can't be mad. And let me finish. If they're going to put those kids in a bigger home where there's more money, where there's more independence. I'm not saying this family member is not going to get money from DHS. I'm not saying that. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you all know, they weren't taken from Carolyn for any abuse of any kind. 
DHS, Lutheran, whoever made the call that that distant relative who had no relationship with these kids, I hear you, fit the qualifications that they deemed to be a fit parent that they were trying to get you to get. I I can't, I'm not upset about that. I but have I'm to be saying, honest. They have teenagers. Okay. I'm saying they work all day long. They not showing them kids no attention for real. They, I mean, they in daycare from eight to six. When they come home, them kids, the, the teenagers probably fix their food, put them in the bed. Who knows what's going on in that house? Well, why is that a bad thing? Because for because they supposed for, to be taking care of them, not they right. kids. But but the state doesn't have a right to take kids from people just because they're poor but but i mean but, but, I, I, my mother was a straight sing a uh, struggling single mom but if someone yeah, came yeah, to yeah. me if someone came to me and said they were going to take me from my mom and give me to a wealthier family these kids love carolyn carolyn is their closest relative she loves them this other family member is just a cousin by marriage she's not really caring for them i mean Listener, let the listeners decide on this. The other thing is that, you know, there is a lot of money that's being exchanged through this system, you know, um, with the agencies. If if poverty is an issue, then let's help the family so, so where, they can be available. So let's where was the, the where the was parents. the family when the, they the knew caregivers. that? Listen, where was the family when they knew those kids' mother couldn't take care of them? You can't wait now that DHS is involved and say, "Well, it was me." You you knew those Caroline kids. Were, let me finish. Sorry. You knew those kids were in trouble then. I have a you question. don't wait till DHS gets involved and now all of a sudden say, "Well, it was me." I agree with you, Celine, in that. If DHS took them from Carolyn simply because she was poor and the other family member had money, shame on them. Yeah, that's biased. Shame on them. I hear you. I'm not agreeing with that. I'm going to tell you as a black female, I'm not mad at taking the kids and putting them in an environment where they can have a better option, better choices. No offense to Carolyn or anyone like you. And please don't take offense to that. But I'm not going to feel brokenhearted that they took kids from a home where, where the, the mother's struggling and put up with a home where the struggle's not so bad. But Why I'm is not, that bad? But I'm not as poor as they think I am. I just don't No drive. one's saying you're poor, baby. We're no, not even I saying that. I don't drive. I don't own my own business, but I can get out there and work and do what, the, what it is. But see, my thing was, before my nieces came along, I had a job. I watched everybody's kids in the neighborhood. You understand? I put that aside took care of my nieces. And they strung me along and strung me along till it was time to adopt them. Then they come snatch them up. I don't think that was right. They're going to say, I got a mental problem. I need a GED. I'm being evicted. None of that was true, what they said in court. So what this you're is saying is... Carolyn's been for 14 years in the same home, okay? She's not unstable. So what you're saying is that the, the underlying... Result, the, the, the way that DHS through Lutheran took your kids from you was deceitful and unfair. I hear you. I hear you. But I think we need to put on the table right here for real. What's in the best interest of them kids? Let's be real. These aren't 10 and 12 year old kids. These are babies. They're one and two year old. Most of the time they don't remember anything before five anyway. Now, let me ask this question, Carolyn, to be honest with me. Is that distant family member allowing y'all to still have contact with these no. kids? Why? I don't know. She didn't, they didn't <laughs> took down my visitation. Didn't you tell me last time that she did that because she said every time the kids are with you, they come back to her bad? 
they come back and well, she claimed the one that goes to the bathroom have accidents. What does that mean? I have accident on herself. Mary, I know you wanted to add something here. And listeners out there, please, please don't misunderstand me. I am not in any way passing judgment on Carolyn's ability to care for her nieces. What I am saying, and I'm going to say this all day long, DHS doesn't have a right to say, you're, you're, you make less money than this other family member, so we're going to put them with them. But damn it, they're allowed to consider all that in determining what the best placement is for the kids. And I'm going to say what I've been saying from the beginning. Where was the family when they knew these kids needed help? Why is that that no one was there before DHS stepped in, notwithstanding the sister lying and all that? Y'all knew she had five kids. Y'all knew she was struggling caring for these kids. Where were you? Exactly. No, each time they took a child, she got pregnant. Again. Well, my problem is you said it right there, Carolyn. Each time they took a child, y'all should have been in there as the family taking those kids. It was in the family. Let me tell you what she told DHS. This is the reason why we couldn't get it or my mother couldn't get it. She told DHS my mother was on drugs, my brother oh was a... T- it she lied. I need to that. say something. Wow. You understand what I'm okay. saying? This is why right. my mother couldn't get up. Now we're getting to it? That's what I got to pull from you? Go yes, ahead, No, it doesn't... Listen, I don't know Carolyn's case and I'm only speaking from experience. Make sure you're right up on the mics, later. And I'm only speaking from experience and working with children, not uh, as a representative of DHS. It's more factors that you have to consider when you're placing a child among uh, the social economic factor. You don't place a child solely based on a social economic status. It's other factors. Does the child bind? Is the child safe? Can their needs be met? Um, you also want to make sure that uh, you you you're, it's a more preferred. Mary, uh, let's 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 keep it me, totally one hundred. Yeah, let me ask yeah, you this question. Let me ask you this question. And and, and, and I just want to say, a, go, ahead. go ahead. A lot of times in my experiences that families come to the forefront once the kid is taken, once the kid is in the court, and then a whole bunch of people come into the courtroom. But I have that same, I've had that same experience where when the child is not eating, when the, when the child is home left alone, and all the family members know that the parent of this child is on drugs or they're having a hard, a hard situation. Where are they? Before DHS is getting involved. They should have been there snatched that kid. Someone in the family should have said, I'm going to step in, sis, because right now you're having issues. Right. And not only step in, but, but I'm go going down to take- the Courts, kids. And then before DHS get involved, you can go down to the courts. And to you family can get court to in Philadelphia court. County. Stay away from 1801 Vine Street. You, can go to you got somebody who's out there in the street. You know they got children. Take them kids. Go down to 34 South, South 11th, 11th Street, Street in Philadelphia That's County. Right. File an emergency petition for custody. Call me. I will get you. Don't let DHS get involved. And then don't come crying because DHS gets involved. Carolyn's story, notwithstanding, parents lie all the time. But damn it, we have got to put these kids first. I'm so sorry we got a caller on hold. I got to take this caller. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Law and plain language. This is Dab Rainey, your host. Who this? You got to turn down the volume on your speaker, sweetie. We can hear you. I shouldn't be able to hear me in the background. Turn your, your computer down. Caller, can you turn down your speakers? I just wanted to weigh in here because it seems to me like there are a lot of different some issues here. Um, I, I, I hear what, what Carolyn is saying, and it seems to me that 
that what's uh, what's happening here it illustrates the bias of the system yes. that doesn't respect or give it any consideration of the bond really between the mother or the caregiver and the child and somehow acts like money is more important than that bond and the love but caller how much bonding but caller honestly caller that if the whole family together agrees that this is only a temporary measure then they all support carolyn having the children back who is dhs to fly in the face of that and decide that they can decide what's best for the child Caller, thank right. thank you so much. We appreciate your comments. We have someone trying to get through. Caller, thank you so much. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Law and playing languages. Deborah, your host. Who's this? Hello, caller, you on the air? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Can you hear us? Oh yes. Okay. I, all right. I thought you had me on before. <laughs> okay. This is Tad. I'm calling because. I just think it's important to, to, I think that Carolyn's story shows how biased the system is. That, let me, let me ask you a question. When you say... Any attention, have any evaluating of the bond between a, a caregiver or the mother and child. And that they think that, that they can decide and in, in, in fly in the face of the whole family deciding together that they back Carolyn having the child. They only wanted the other relative to have the child temporarily. And then... Then what right does DHS have to then decide that the other one is more suitable when the whole family wants Carolyn to have them? And, and, and caller, and I, hear, right to me. I hear you, and caller. I, I can't say that on this one I'm going I'm, I'm to disagree with you respectfully, caller. Sorry, it's hard, to hear, hard for me to hear you. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you with all due respect, caller. In this particular instance, I disagree, and here's why. The family could have stepped in from the beginning before DHS got involved and if they needed to physically remove those kids. I'm not blaming Carolyn or her family. What I am saying at the end of the day, DHS had no choice. They had to make a determination based on what Lutheran Children's Services standards are. And I want them to have standards that put our kids in the best possible posture. Let's be honest, guys. If this were 10, 11, and 12-year-olds who would have been old enough to bond with Auntie Carolyn, I would be outraged with you. These are 2- and 4-year-olds. They don't remember anything before they turn 6 or 7 anyway. And I'm not so sure that I've heard enough in Carolyn's situation to be as outraged as some of you seem to be. I don't know the whole story. I get it. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, DHS is all we have. We have no other entity who we've, who, who's, who's going to take responsibility for securing our kids. We need to get more active, be more involved, and be more aware. And as family members, we need to start acting like a village and step in and, and get those kids before DHS gets involved. This has been a very, very rowdy conversation. Everybody's waving their hands so they can say something. We may have to go over a little bit longer, but... Mary, go ahead and say your comment. I just, it's a, it's a beautiful shout out to my father. A lot of times we hear horrendous stories about the families and the siblings that come out of a uh, Department of Human Services. Again, through my experiences, it wasn't perfect. It was a savior in so many ways for me, although I experienced a lot of hell. But I just want to send uh, my love out to my father, William Pitts Jr., who not only got off of drugs, got out the street, but he came back and got his children 
out of the system. A lot of times you don't hear about successful stories about black men who get the job done. So I just want to send out love and I just thank God that my father is one of those parents that do that did turn his life around and he did go back and get his kids. And in our in studio guests, Carolyn Hill, Mary, Celine Kamen, Carol and um Jerome Hill, I want to thank y'all for coming to the studio today doing this show with us. Unfortunately, our time is running down. Carolyn, your nieces are listening. The rest of your family is listening. What do you want to say to them? I want to say DHS Hapke was trying to get in touch with us, but they took the other children. But being as though my sister was the way she is, did all that lying, told them she didn't want us to have her kids and whatever. So, therefore, that's when her first two ended up in the system. Since then, I've been trying to get all all the kids that she had. But they came to my house one time. They checked my house out. They left, and then they did never come back. They didn't say I could get the kids. She put in them Carol, baby, we run out of time. What I want you to do right now, your nieces are listening. What do you have to say to them? I love you, Nadja and Shakia. And we want to say from the bottom of our hearts here in the studio, Carolyn, thank you for stepping up. We want you to keep up the fight. Listeners out there, if you want to get in touch with Carolyn, take up that torch and help her with her case. Celine's going to tell you how to get in touch with them so you can reach out and be a part. One thing, it's been, a, it's April will be a whole year that I've been fighting to get my nieces back, and I'm not going to stop until I do. That's it. Let's support people like Carolyn and families that are trying to keep it together. Exactly. And you can help by looking uh, on our website, everymothernetwork.net. One word, everymothernetwork.net. Or you can call our center, Crossword Center, 215-848-1120. And... Uh, yeah, keep fighting and keep, you know, if you want, give DHS a call or give Mayor Nutter a call and say, we want to see that families are kept together. We want to see money go to families. If it's an issue of poverty, then let's take care of that. So once again, Carolyn Hill, our thoughts and our respect out to you. Celine Kamen, Every Mother's Working Mother Network, Crossroads Women's Center. Thank you all so much for being there. Mary, thank you, as we do every time in our show. It's over to Sister Black. Yes, sir. <laughs> Just real quick, let's remember that the most important people in the entire situation is the, ch- the child, the children. They're the ones who this is going to affect the most. And as soon as Deb stop coughing and spreading germs all over the place, I'm going to get into this piece. (laughs) All right, this piece is called Silent Screams. I did my best. I'm not the Antichrist or the Savior. I'm just black. Okay. Silent Screams. Silent screams from that poor child thrust into a situation he didn't ask for. Never receiving the help as silence begged for. Silent screams from that poor child born into the new millennium. Born into this century where villages no longer raise children but the streets do. If not the streets then the system will proceed to subconsciously destroying the history of family. 
family was once ruled by men but now men are ruled by prison and prison is ruled by the system and the system is ruling our children children who mistake mommies and daddies for social workers and social workers providing proper nurture it's not nature it's not natural to be ripped from ken dumped into group homes unwanted gathering to be embedded in silent screams Silent screams that go from foster homes to prison walls Where screams can't be heard so they stay muffled in the voice box until flesh flushes blue If you don't know who you are, how the hell could you know who to talk to? What were my parents like, screams the silent child Did they love me, screams the silent child Is this my real name? Shame, insecurity engraved in my face Silent screams from the poor child Screaming to be returned to his village Screaming at CYLs, DHS, and every other kidnapping system. Give family back to family. We out. Wow. Ladies wow. and gentlemen, stay Peace. tuned for part we two, out. three, four, five, and six, and whatever we need to, because this is ongoing. And let's be real. Everybody in the studio weren't able to get their points of view across. Make no mistake about it. Carolyn Hill and other family members like you, kudos for you for doing what you can do to try to keep your family together. At the end of the day, y'all, we got to do what's best for our children. Stay tuned for parts two, three, four, five, and six. DHS, the Antichrist or the Savior of our families. Say bye, fam. We out. We out. Holla. Information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.